Welcome, this is Leading with Spirit, the show that gives you an in-depth look at topics like what it takes to navigate your spiritual journey, how to heal yourself and grow your spiritual gifts, and balanced practices to expand your business and your spiritual leadership. I'm your host, Spirit Bird, shamanic teacher, healer, and author, here to guide you on your journey to becoming your most potent spiritual leader. Have you heard of a vision quest? Perhaps you are wondering how to do a vision quest. Maybe you've been training in shamanic healing for quite some time. Maybe you're new to it. Maybe you're just feeling like it's time for some kind of rite of passage or ceremony or initiation. And you're not quite sure what that looks like or what to do. If you've been following the path of the shamanic healer, or been working in a spiritual business, you might also be interested in the subject um, because you might be experiencing some visions yourself and wondering what they mean, how to bring them forward, whether they're crazy or not, what to do with them. On today's episode, I'll be sharing with you uh, a very brief overview of vision quests, um, the importance of rites of passage and ceremony in your life, in your personal life and in your business, and the secrets to shamanic vision. So I'll start with just a brief overview of vision quests. So if you are wondering how to go on a vision quest, there are a few ways you can do this. You can search for vision quests near me. You can ask around or you can start your shamanic training and wait for an invitation. So vision quests have um, are, are actually in uh, and have been a part of a lot of different cultures uh, around the world and especially in the United States. And each um, culture, each lineage is going to have a different way and purpose behind this um, practice that, again, we can see uh, very similar practices throughout cultures and throughout history. And in general, the purpose of a vision quest or the way it works is y- you would be um, sent out into the wilderness alone um, to for the purpose of connecting with spirit, maybe probably a specific spirit and most definitely for a specific intention. Now, in the process, it's not a matter of there are there is like a structure and practice to this work. So it's not quite the same as just like wandering around in the woods and kind of like there's like their survival version of this where you're just like learning to kind of cope without the um, worldly things that we're really used to, right? So that's one part of this practice, but that's of course more of a modern connotation to it. And it's not really the heart of this practice. The heart of this practice is again, to help you connect with a particular spirit. The length of this practice of a vision quest is going to vary. The intensity is going to vary. And again, some of the specific practices or kind of like rules within a vision quest are going to vary from person to person and culture to culture. So just know that there isn't like one right way to do that. This, I say this a lot um, here on the podcast, of course, is there are lots of different versions um, of, uh, of shamanism. There are a lot of different lineages within them. And so just like any other religion, just like Christianity has multiple sects that have different ideas on what's right or wrong, or maybe rules or guidance on what to do. This is also true within shamanism. This is also true within vision quests in general. So likely you'll be out on your own for a few days with maybe the exception of being visited by an elder, by um, by someone who is actually conducting the or overseeing the vision quest, uh, a medicine person that's been trained 
in this way and has a special skill at being able to read both the signs of the earth, of the environment around us, and the signs of where you are on your path and might give you some information or prompts to help facilitate the thing that you're looking for or the uh, rite of passage that you're in. Right. And so there's, uh, again, there's a lot of layers to this work, but in general, just for an overview, one of the benefits of doing this is you're essentially kind of like removing yourself from external stimuli with the exception of, you know, very natural things with the exception of the environment that you're actually in. And in this way, um, you might, and also there's usually very strict um, protocols on what you can eat and drink, if anything. Oftentimes, fasting is a huge part of the vision quest. And so between the fasting, between maybe being um, out in the harsh elements and also being alone for a long period of time, you might start to what people would call like hallucinate. But actually what's happening is the veil is starting to get thin where you used to have structures in place, where you used to have divisions in place, those are going to begin to dissolve. And so you have a different kind of access to the spirit world. And in some ways, you're actually kind of reducing the stimulation around you so that you really, the only stimulation is your natural environment. And in this way, um, it will prompt you to become very in tune with what's directly around you. And it's definitely a a crash course, to say the least, in beginning to really cultivate this in yourself. Now, certainly you don't have to go on a vision quest to cultivate this. A lot of us are actually just naturals at this. A lot of us are pretty natural at being able to read the signs of life around us. But again, if you're on a vision quest, it's likely that you're going to be doing this for a specific purpose and to probably meet with a specific spirit guide, you know, with a request, it's really this like act of suffering and devotion to call that connection in. And you might also be doing it because you have, this is less typical, but because there is like a big question that you're seeking, or maybe there's like a big um, issue that's affecting your community or the world. And it's time for you to get some more information in a way outside of the way you normally do. Now, historically, vision quests are usually done as a rite of passage, especially into adulthood. So when you're a teenager and becoming adult, you might be sent on a vision quest um, for this rite of passage. And I want to share a little bit more about the rite of passages and what that means and why they're important to you. Um, And maybe you're already doing them. And if you're not, Uh, stay tuned because they might be a missing piece for you that could be really valuable both to your personal life and to your spiritual business. So a rite of passage, of course, is really a a process, um, a series of events that you go through that signify like basically moving through a doorway. You were once on one side of the door and this rite of passage signifies or really ushers you in to this other side of the door. Um, There are a gazillion ways that you can do these rite of passages. And for those of you who are new to working with me or listening to me, um, you know, you probably, uh, you might not have heard me mention this before, but I, um, I love working with entheogens, but I also love working without them too. And for me, it was a really important part of my training that I actually started this work without the use of psychedelic plant medicines, 
that I started with, um, you know, just with, with ceremony itself, with drumming itself and, you know, um, those kinds of rite of passages that basically put you in a position that require you to start using a different faculty than you have before that require you to really bring maybe a mental concept into the physical and experience it and embody it. And uh, you can see this in, um, you know, I've never done one of these actually, but um, for the, like the coal walking ceremony, like fire walking ceremonies, that's a great example of a rite of passage. Um, lots of different rituals are ex- a great example of rite of passages where you had one belief before you perform. I don't really like the use of the word ritual here. I would, you know, ritual, I'm just meaning a tool that you use in ceremony. So I'm going to say ceremony. Instead, you perform a ceremony using ritual acts to then facilitate or usher you into this new belief, right? Um, You might experience, go to a plant medicine ceremony or psychedelic ceremony for a rite of passage. Um, And again, there are lots of different lineages with really specific trainings, depending on your role in the community for what that would look like. Um, Those might look like um, things like a a near-death experience, uh, either either facilitated or initiated by spirit. That can look like um, any time where we are put on some a fast of some kind, like maybe an extreme of uh, our silence, um, an extreme, um, maybe you're being isolated, maybe you're on um, a particular kind of training where you are supposed to just focus on one thing and kind of like cut away all else. And, you know, I I think these are really important. And actually, one of the reasons that they're really important um, is because they close out a cycle. This is what's really happening during a rite of passage. We're moving from one period in our life where something was the focus or something was true into a new period of life where something else is now the focus and now true. And what I love about ceremony and the rites of passage is it can invite you into this new place without you having to look back at the previous place you were in and look down on it or hate it or scorn it or feel guilty or, you know, beat yourself up about how you were so wrong or how many years you wasted, right? And this can actually be a really important tool in your business as well, because as you continue to learn and grow, as you begin continue to share more of your vision and what you're calling for in the world and pulling the offers through that you want to create, you might need to be, become a new person within your business itself. It might be time for you to step away from like a way you were doing things and start doing things in a new way. Maybe used to be kind of hustle and bustle. Maybe you used to be focused on, you know, a lot of strategy or maybe used to be focused on like trying to only work like in a really artistic form. And now it's time for you to do strategy, right? It can look like anything, but um, this is what kind of the gist of it is. And so what these rites of passage do for us, again, is they mark that place. They mark that, that, that moment of when you are actually shifting and they surround you not only with the spiritual components of that rite of passage, that spiritual component of become transforming, becoming something different, but they usually also support you with community as well. 
Even if you're doing a, a vision quest where you're out on your own or you're doing some kind of ceremony that is very um, solo based, typically you're going to still have a supportive community around you holding space for you while you're out there doing it, knowing and you know believing in you and your ability to bring forward what you're calling in. So um, that brings me really to shamanic vision and the secrets of shamanic vision. So a vision quest, like I like I mentioned, again, a very, very general overview of what that looks like. Um, and usually in that process, you would be connecting to spirit and probably given a vision of some kind. And this can, again, this is like a huge spectrum. It can look like anything from having a vision of something you did before you decided to come here on this life expanding your general vision and understanding of how to read the signs of life. It could be a vision about something that happened in your past that's recoding your understanding of it and what you can do with it coming moving forward. Or it can be a vision of something that's coming. Right. So this is where we kind of kind of merge into shamanic vision. So you don't need to go on a vision quest to have a shamanic vision. And again, this is a place where a lot of us are actually kind of naturals at this what is missing for a lot of us is we suppress them. And oftentimes I don't, you know, sometimes we suppress things because of sabotage, because of fear being seen, you know, um, because we're afraid we'll be radical and people might come after us. Sometimes we repress them because um, we're afraid of what our family would think. But actually I find that the majority of the time, that we suppress our shamanic vision, you know, our vision of what really what the, our shamanic vision is very much in the body and it meets in our body. And this is the place where the vision that the spirits are giving to us or, and whispering to us and whispering through our life meets that vision of the earth and and nature itself. So where nature rises up into our bodies, where spirit comes down into our body, where they meet within our body, this is our shamanic vision. And oftentimes it is this combination of um, very earthly realm stuff mixed with a cosmic seeing. Typically shamanic vision goes a very long way. And I say this a lot when I'm teaching journey work is oftentimes in shamanic journey in, in shamanic visioning at all, you're going to have several different layers to your vision. So your vision might have like a here and now understanding that you can apply to like your exact moment. It will likely have two other layers behind it. Another one that's for kind of like a little ways out, like a short period of time, maybe like two, two months to two years out. And oftentimes that vision also has like well past your lifetime, future generations. So all of that is part of the shamanic vision. And it's part of, you know, your training to really cultivate um, some patience around it while also cultivating your ability to take action at the same time. Right. And so um, if you've been following along um, in my private Facebook group, Leading with Spirit, um, you probably know that I've been sharing a lot about my newest program, Earth Embodiment there. And I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little information here as well, because this is a great example of the shamanic visioning. So years ago, actually, when I was in the process of bringing shaman school forward, I was out um, in Alaska. I was uh, spent the summer out on this beautiful bluff overlooking the inlet um, where I could see <laughs> 
uh, belugas and I had bears at my back door and this really beautiful place. And I was walking one day and the word earth embodiment just kind of landed in my awareness. And I remember thinking like, Ooh, this feels important, but I didn't put a whole lot beside it. I wasn't like, Oh, what does that mean? It was just the phrase landed. And, and I remember shortly after it landed, and this is the here and now part of the layers behind the vision shortly after it landed, I remember thinking this will be my next program. Um, and at the time I thought like maybe in like 10, maybe 15 years, it would be a new program. Right. And then cut to, I guess, about three years later, um, I'd still held space for the earth embodiment. I had, I didn't really even like, I wasn't making notes. I wasn't putting plans together. I wasn't trying to create anything other than just every once in a while, I shared it with somebody when it felt like the right place in the right time. Shared it with somebody who I thought could maybe sort of like see or relate to or understand my vision. And it was initially, I believed that, and this is where we have to kind of marry that action and patience because I was talking about it a little bit. I was sharing a little bit with the right people at the right time. But initially I thought that that would really be a process of like bringing the elements of the earth into your body, right? Like a really literal interpretation of earth embodiment, of really embodying all four directions and the balanced wheel, really embodying all of the elements bringing those into your body and being so in tune with the flow of life, right? That it's just innate, that you just move with the cycles. You don't even have to think now this moon's coming up. So I need to do this. (laughs) This season's coming up. So I need to do this. Now it's time to do this thing because this is happening. It just is actually the way you move naturally anyway. Um, So that was the first iteration of it. The second iteration was later on. And this is where, so that first part, right, is really that like earth-based piece. The second part is a little bit more cosmic. And so I was holding this question around bigger purpose. Um, and it similarly, it just kind of came in pretty quickly. And I was like, what is my purpose, right? Like I'm, I'm already doing like some of the work I want to do here in the world. On some levels, I am very realized on the um, dreams that I had for myself in my life. And, um, and of course I love the journey of self-actualization and I continue, will continue to do that probably for most of my life, um, until I decide that it's time to put it down. And, and so in, in this space, I had asked, I still ask this question about my purpose and it's important to continue to ask these questions because new information and new layers are going to constantly be coming in as you learn and change and grow. And so in that moment, it was very clear. I just got the information. It was like one of my more like auditory type Claire senses. That's not typically the way I hear information, but it was very clear. And it was like your purpose here is to increase awareness, right? Increase our ability to be self-aware specifically. And I've shared this on the podcast before, but specifically for the purpose of readying humans for galactic travel. Um, so speaking, the first part of it was pretty easy. Speaking the second part of it was not so easy. <laughs> it feels really radical and kind of crazy, right? 
but what I knew, but I knew when I, when that came in, that it was true. And I also knew this is not something that I'm going to see in my lifetime. This is like really just the foundational work so that when humans are ready to be out in space, they have the capacities and the abilities that they need to do that safely. And then here I am heading on a vacation. Um, three years later, um, I woke up in the middle of the night I used to fight that. I used to try to go back to sleep. And now typically if I wake up in the middle of the night, I can usually tell if it's because I just woke up for a second or because spirit woke me up and a transmission is coming through. I got up, I started journaling. Long story short, a bigger transmission for earth embodiment came in very specifically, very clearly what it is, who it's for, how it wants to be done. Um, I mean, the whole thing just came in in one big download. Um, This is also part of shamanic vision, right? Being developing your capacity to be available for that, to be available for what spirit, the earth and you, where your dreams all meet. And in that process, in that process, another layer came through. And this is like currently that third part of that layer of my initial shamanic vision with just the phrase earth embodiment. And that is humans are going to need this earth embodiment. Well, let me back that up. Actually, I would say it is our joy as humans and our job being here on earth, on this beautiful planet to embody the earth's wisdom so that when we are out in space in future generations, so that the day that come when it comes that the earth is actually gone, because no matter what we do, that day is going to happen. The earth actually lives on through us her essence and her energy would be in us traversing the cosmos, right? So this is that other part of the like long vision of the shamanic, of the, of my shamanic vision in this particular case. And this is an example of how layered it is and what it looks and feels like to bring that vision forward. And you might experience something like this on a vision quest for me. I mean, I've been doing this work for a long time, so I'm pretty plugged into how to ask questions from life to cultivate what I'm seeking and what it wants to basically use me for. Um, And I'm also pretty used to learning how to be available for it. But going back to where I started with shamanic vision in general, for most of us, we have these deep visions that are deeply connected to the work we came here to do, not necessarily the job we came here to do, although it might be both, but the work we came here to do in this lifetime. And for most of us, those visions are suppressed again, not because of sabotage, but because we're just not even used to noticing them. Our dominant culture has us like dismiss them before they even come in and not, we don't even realize we're dismissing them. We don't even realize that it was even a thought or a vision. And this is true also with, with the earth embodiment for me. I did know that it was going to be a program when I saw the piece around that we would be like really embodying the earth to take it out into the cosmos so the earth can live forever. I suppressed that because one, it just seemed like this sort of like random thought, like it didn't have any significance. And two, I felt a little radical, not necessarily to think it. Actually, I'll say this. This is what it felt like when it came through is that I thought it and I was like, that's true. 
but I kept it really close because it was like, it felt so radical. It felt like I wouldn't even say it to anyone else. So this is just an example of shamanic vision and what it can look like. And so what I encourage you to do, if you are feeling called to vision work in general, if you identify with being a visionary, if you've been interested maybe in seeking a vision quest or a rite of passage, a lot of this work is all really related. And so um, you're welcome to come to Leading with Spirit, to my Facebook group, Leading with Spirit. And I'm happy to dive into the details with you there. If you're looking for something like this, help you sort out what might be a good next step for you. Um, And also you should know that there are lots of different ways to do this and lots of different ways that it will look like. And people are probably going to tell you, give you very strong opinions of what it should be. And just know it doesn't have to be, you know, it's not necessarily the strict right or wrong thing. And what I'm noticing here is I love, um, I love this place in shamanic work of both like honoring the sort of traditional, like strict ways of working, working within a, maybe you might be called to like work within a specific lineage or like work in within a specific like set of protocols or guidelines. And I think that that's really important that we do maintain the potency of what we're inheriting through our ancestors and through cultures that have carried very specific teachings for a long time. And I also love this kind of like fusion place where we're integrating lots of different um, practices and understanding and we're trading and growing our information and trading and growing the way we do things and accepting the reality that times change too and therefore our practices ought to change with them and so I love having both of these so there's not a right or wrong here but do know that your if you're feeling if you're resonating with the idea of a vision quest, if you're resonating with the idea of being a visionary, if you're resonating with this like concept of rite of passages, you're really feeling called to it, but you're not quite sure what that is or why, you should know it's because there's a vision that's inside of you that is getting ready to come out. And sometimes that is something small and simple, and sometimes it's fucking epic and huge and will take your whole lifetime to cultivate and bring forward. But the nudge is less about that for that you should receive a vision or that you should know what the vision is and more about the journey of preparing you to be available for that vision. And I promise you, if you are feeling sort of this invitation um, and you're wondering like, well, you know, no, that doesn't feel like me. Who am I to have some vision that can mean anything please know that that means that it's still true. It's still true for you. And it's part of our, one of our most sacred jobs and our most sacred roles to not only see these visions, but share them. And it takes practice to learn how to share them at the right place and the right time so that they can land, be seen and be heard by the right people. If you're interested in deep diving into this visionary work with me more, I want to invite you to my newest program, Earth Embodiment. I shared a little bit about how it came together. Um, I'll be sharing a lot more. I have a masterclass coming up 
um, very soon, actually, that is going to walk you through my process of how to, how to do this, how to receive the vision and then bring it forward and turn it into something that you can see in the 3D. So if you're ready to awaken your mystic self, if you have a project that you either already have established or have a very clear idea of what you want it to be, and you're really ready to actualize it in the world, to bring it forward, whether that looks like a spiritual business, whether that looks like a nonprofit or a passion project that you're really ready to, to take on and bring into your life, whether that is maybe your artwork, um, this is going to be a very epic adventure that walks you through working with plant medicine, embodying really like that mystic self and using your mysticism and your connection to spirit through the creation process. We're going to be doing a lot of work on the 3D and the tactical side of things for how to bring it forward while we're doing the mystical work at the same time. And we're going to be gathering in person four times in a year. It's a really exciting opportunity. So if you're interested at all, please uh, send me a DM or email me at grow at holdenhealingarts.com. And I'm happy to give you more information about that there. And be sure to join us in the Facebook group where we can talk a little bit more about vision quests and um, the shamanic visioning and what that might mean for you and your life. Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to today's member query episode, where we explore questions about spiritual paths, intuitive gifts, growing a spiritual business and shamanism. Do you have a question for us? Send us a DM at Holton Healing Arts. This question is from CS in our private Facebook group, Leading with Spirit. And the question is, can shamanic healing help me with my gifts and healing through art? And what I'm reading from this really is, um, uh, is if you're an artist, the question around bringing your work forward and sharing it. I know for artists, whether you're a musician, whether you do, you know, whether you're a painter, whether you're a business artist, the act of bringing something from the unseen realm into the scene is not only an incredibly spiritual practice, but it is also an incredibly vulnerable thing to do, to tune into what we've been talking about on this episode, tuning into your visions, um, whatever they might be, your thoughts, your what your imagination is seeing, um, your heart's desire, and channeling that out into something that can be seen um, is very vulnerable. And so similar to what I've been sharing around the shamanic vision and creating offers, this is also true for your artwork. And if you're an artist already, you know what a healing journey that is in the first place. And so shamanic journey, shamanic healing can support you in this process um, because it's going to walk you through or really surround you and support you in all of those things that you need the one piece around your own inner healing and working through those places where you might be blocked, where you might um, have a leak, where you're worried about what other people will think. It might also help you heal your journey around whether or not it's okay for you to receive from the beautiful things that you're putting out into the world. Um, and also your own self-worth journey that you need to do a lot of work in order for you to be allowed to receive, or you need to suffer in order to be allowed to receive. It will help you through your process of connecting again with your spirit guides and with the essence of the earth. So that something of meaning and value that will deeply affect people comes through you and can impact on a larger level. And of course, they're just going to help you with your gifts 
in general, allowing you to be more in touch with flow, learning how to get yourself into flow, and then learning how to channel what wants to come through once you're in that place. So yes, absolutely. Shamanic healing can definitely help you with your gifts and healing through art. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Leading with Spirit. If you did, please share the link for this episode with your biggest takeaway, tagging me at Holton Healing Arts. It would also support me if you subscribed and left a rating and review of the show so we can support more people living their highest purpose. Until next time, journey on.